الحمد لله الحمد لله وحده والصلاة والسلام على من لا نبي بعده لا نبي بعده ولا أمة بعد أمته ولا كتاب بعد كتابه ولا شريعة بعد شريعته أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا أيها الذين آمنوا قوا أنفسكم وأهليكم نارا وقال لي الصلاة والسلام كلكم راع وكلكم مسؤول عن رأيته وقال صاحبه سيدنا عبد الله بن عباس رضي الله تعالى عنهما أدب ابنك فإنك مسؤول عنه صدق الله صدق الله رسول صدق الله العظيم وصدق رسوله الكريم ونحن على ذلك من الشاهدين والشاكرين الحمد لله رب العالمين الله تبارك وتعالى has blessed us with many bounties so many bounties that Allah سبحانه وتعالى has blessed us with that He says in the Quran Sharif that his bounties, his mercy is being poured upon you all the time. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed us with so many bounties, or so to say pouring his bounties upon us, his ni'mat upon us all the time, what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala require from us? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala requires from us that we show gratitude to him for his bounties, that we show him that we are grateful for him having blessed us with these various bounties. And when we show Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we are grateful for the various bounties that He has blessed us with, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will increase us in those bounties. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in the Quran, لَإِن شَكَرْتُمْ لَعَزِيدَنَّكُمْ That if you show gratitude, then I will definitely increase. That if you show gratitude, if you make an effort to show gratitude, then I will definitely increase you in the favors and the bounty that you are enjoying. One Sayyidina Dawood alayhi salatu wa salam Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told him that show gratitude to the bounties that I have given you. So Dawood alayhi salatu salam was very much perplexed that how will he show Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, how will he express his gratitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inspired him to utter the following words wherein Dawood alayhi salatu salam said that Ya Allah, the mere fact that I have to show gratitude to you and the mere fact that I have to show gratitude to you, the thoughts coming into my mind, and my knowing that I'm unable to show gratitude to you, this in itself requires shukr. So how can I show gratitude to you? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said to him that now that you have recognized, O Dawood, that you cannot really show gratitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, now that itself is shukr. The ulama explained that there are many ways that a person can actually show gratitude shukr to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. One is there are two and then there's another three steps linked to it. The two steps that we can, all, we can show, that we can start off with to show gratitude are, number one is shukri qawli, the various ni'mat and bounties, the, our daily routine, our activities that we carry out. When we are carrying out those activities, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has instructed us to recite, to read certain du'as. For example, when a person wakes up in the morning, what is the gratitude that a person shows to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? for having given him life, for having, for having given him a, an opportunity to wake up. Allah, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi teaches us that Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala requires from us that we say, Alhamdulillah alladhi ahyana ba'dama amatana wa ilayhi nushur. That we show gratitude to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, Ya Allah, you have given us an opportunity for what? An opportunity to make the hereafter, an opportunity to make a, a better Jannah for ourselves. So we show Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala gratitude. But then if you contrast this against the bounty that Allah SWT is promising us, which is Jannah, something that is eternal, and Allah SWT is asking us for a small dua, a short dua to recite in the morning. Really there is no comparison. But Allah SWT has asked us to show Allah SWT gratitude for that. And then we will partake of meals, 
And at the time of partaking of meals, we are required to show gratitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by reading the du'as. And the du'as upon the beginning when partaking of meals, and then upon completion of partaking of meals. Then again, we are required to recite du'as to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. All this for what? To show Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gratitude that, Ya Allah, you have provided us meals. One element actually explained that when we are actually paying for our food, we are not really paying. We are just paying for handling charges. Because there are so many forces that are at work in order for us to get one plate of food. For example, with rice, for example, there's a separate, there's a whole line of production of rice. Then the curry that you are going to eat with that rice, there's a whole production that is there, that is in play in order for us to get that curry. Then the spices, there's a whole uh, line of production that, that it has to undergo in order for us to get those spices. And then the plate that you are using, perhaps... And then the water that we are using, all these ni'mat, if you count, then no less sometimes, it depends, no less than 300 hands sometimes, or maybe even more, that we're engaged in order for us to actually get that plate. So when we are eating, we are just paying for, to some degree as well, for the handling charges that somebody is actually handling that food. We are not paying the price of that food. We are not paying the worth of that food. That is one great bounty that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed us with. So, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala requires from us the minimum that we recite the du'as, before we eat, and we recite the du'as after eating. And then we will drink some water after some time. I just read this recently, that it's not actually sunnah to drink water immediately after you eat. You can drink water after some time, but not after you eat. Apparently, it's not healthy as well to drink water immediately after you eat. But that you can check up with the doctors and the hakims. So anyway, then after you eat, then you have a urge to go to the toilet. And then again, what a great bounty it is to go to the toilet. Ask a person who has to use or who has to employ the use of a catheter to urinate and then he has to put on a nappy to pass stool, etc. Ask that person how difficult it is for him to use all these to use all these devices in order to free himself, in order to relieve himself. But we on the other end we are able to go to the toilet at our own will, at our leisure, whenever we want. And then we are able to relieve ourselves comfortably, and then we are able to clean ourselves. So this really we ought to show Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gratitude for having given us this bounty, for having enabled us to actually do these acts, which may seem mundane, but really ask a person who is sick or who is undergoing some procedure, for example, then he will tell you that, look, going to the toilet is what a great bounty it is of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Hence, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa taught us the various du'as, that when you go to the toilet, when you leave the toilet, so we can recognize that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving us so many bounties all the time. The bounty of eating, the bounty of actually being able to relieve ourselves. Sometimes people have the problem of uh, food not digesting properly. That is another problem. Then some people can't even go to the toilet properly. That is another problem. What a great bounty it is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed us with. So anyway, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala requires us to show gratitude. So shukra qawli. Shukra qawli, expressing our gratitude verbally. How do you express our gratitude verbally? In many acts, almost all the acts that we will do physically, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has shown us that you should read a dua. If there is no dua that comes from the hadith as such, then minimum you say Bismillah, and then upon completion you say Alhamdulillah. For example, on a cold day, on, on a hot day, somebody cherishes uh, a cold drink, whatever it is, maybe somebody likes his Coke on a cold day. There is no dua for, for drinking Coke. But the minimum is you can say Bismillah and then upon completion say Alhamdulillah, recognizing that you being able to drink that Coke or you being able to purchase that Coke is actually a bounty from the side of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, apart from the health issues. So recognizing the bounties of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this is known as Shukri Qawli. 
And then there's something that is known as shukre fa'li, that we show Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gratitude by utilizing those bounties in a manner that is pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is known as shukre fa'li. Why shukre fa'li is so important? Because a person can very much easily express shukre qawli. He can say words of gratitude. Like sometimes you'll witness a person who's not even particular with his salah, but he will be saying alhamdulillah, he'll be using great words. But then it is not that shukr is not bringing him to fa'li, which is the, actually the next step. The fa'li is maqsood. The fa'li together with the qawli, the, the, the verbal utterance and the physical utterance, put together will give you complete shukr. So if you are only expressing gratitude verbally, you're doing half the job. In order for the job to be complete of gratitude, then you have to express gratitude verbally. How do you express gratitude verbally? For the various limbs that now have energy, that you have eaten the food, which was provided by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and you express gratitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So how do you show gratitude? Then you go towards the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You go to the masjid, the azan is being called out for who? Not for the neighbors, but for me. The, the muazzin is saying, Hey, Allah salah is addressing me. Hey, Allah falah is addressing me. Apart from the fact that others are being addressed, but I am the primary addressee of that azan that, Allah, that the muazzin is calling. And then muazzin is, as a matter of fact, calling out the azan from who? He's a representative of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he has been charged with the duty of calling people to salah. Who can be greater than that person in speech who calls towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And what is the reward for that person who calls towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Assist one another in works of good. And in the hadith of Rasulullah we learn that the person who that the person who encourages or brings another person to do good, then he is like gets the reward like the person who's actually done that action. So shukre fairly will mean that we adopt or we use our limbs in a manner that is pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So number one is how do you actually go about achieving shukre fairly? So the first step is al-iqrar bin ni'mah. That you confess that this is a bounty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In the various stories of the Anbiya alayhi salatu wasalam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions that they used to show gratitude. That this is a bounty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ada fadlu min rabbi, etc. Various verses of the Quran. That they express the gratitude. They confess that this is a bounty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And what is the total opposite? This will basically, showing gratitude will create in a person humility that I cannot do anything. This is only from the side of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You will not attribute anything to yourself. You attribute everything to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. On the contrary, who do you get? You get people like Fir'aun, who when he was challenged by Musa alayhi salatu wasalam, was challenging his kufr. So then he said to the people of Bani Israel, to Musa alayhi salatu wasalam, that tell me, O people of Mrs., O people of Egypt, do you not see the, the, the rivers that are flowing before me and the castles, etc.? All these are mine. As if you are saying that I achieved this of my own accord. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't like that. That when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed the person with the ni'mah, a bounty, that he attributes it to himself. This is false attribution. You have to attribute it to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Who is the one, who, who is the benefactor who has bestowed that bounty upon us? So that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves. That we show gratitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we attribute the bounty to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. A simple way to understand this. You do everything for your wife or you do everything for your children. But then at the end of the day, the child does not thank you for the bounties, for whatever things that you are doing for the child, for those favors that you are rendering to him. How would you feel? You will feel that this person is ungrateful. 
he's not thankful for the things that I'm doing to, for him. One is if he's not saying that verbally. And then the other is if he's not using whatever we've given him in the correct manner. Then number two is, that you attribute the favors to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That these are the bounties of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. One was, you confess that this is a bounty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And number two, which is actually interlinked linked to number one, is you attribute the, fa- the, the favor to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is a bounty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed me with this bounty. And all the time, it is not from my side. It is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For example, you enjoy the comfort of a beautiful home or a beautiful car. It's yours. It's in your possession. But remember everything that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us, it is an amanat, it is a trust that is to be returned to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And what is the proof for that? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will ask us how you used, how you utilized those various ni'mat. La tazulu qadama ibn Adam yawm al-qiyamah hatta yusala an khamsin wa an malihi min aynak tasabahu wa fima anfaqahu. With regards to his wealth, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will ask him that where did you get your wealth and where did you spend your wealth? So this goes to show normally if you are enjoying something in the world, in the worldly sense, if you own something, nobody has the right to ask you, why are you using this in this manner? Why? Because you own it, it's your property. But then in this case, this goes to show that whatever we own is not ours, it belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because then he has the right to question us, that why did you use this in this place? Why didn't you use it in this place? Why did you do this? Why did you do that? This goes to show that everything we own, is it actually an amana, a trust from the side of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be returned? And then, al-iqrar, and then, idhafatuha ila al-mun'im, to attribute the favor to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then the last is, isti'amaluhu fi maradatillah, that you utilize the favor in the pleasure, or in pursuing the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in the Quran Majid, that look, having a lot of, things is not a sign that you are close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions, فَمَّا الْإِنسَانِ إِذَا مَبْتَلَاهُ فَقَدْرَ عَلَيْهِ رِزْقَهُ فَيَقُولُ رَبِّي أَهَانًا As for men, when we try him, when we make things constrained, his circumstances are, are very difficult for him. He is in pressing need, dire constraints. Then he says, فَيَقُولُ رَبِّي أَهَانًا Then he says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has disgraced me. Kalla, this is not the case. The thing that will bring people closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, like in, uh, that, that draws people to, closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, inna akramakum inda Allah atqaqum. The person who's most noble to, to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is the one who will adopt taqwa. And then taqwa will come when a person is bereft of pride. And how will a person be bereft of pride when he starts off here? This is a stepping stone. That you show gratitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the bounties that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed the person with. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions the stories of the various anbiya alayhi salatu wasalam, Dawood alayhi salam, etc. And he says, Shakiran li'anumi, a sterling sifat, a sterling quality, outstanding quality in him, was he was grateful. He used to show Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gratitude for the favors that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed him with. And in another place, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala exhorts us all, the believers, rizqi rabbikum that eat, eat and drink from the bounties of your Lord, but show gratitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Eat and drink, but do not be wasteful. It is unfortunately a common trait nowadays that many a time people go out to eating places, restaurants, etc. And the amount of wastage there is, not to mention the weddings, not to mention the various other ceremonies, the amount of food wastage that there is in there, it is uh, very much appalling. So we need to get back to the sunnah of Rasulullah And Remember what is the gauge of progress. The gauge of progress is how closer you are to the sunnah of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. 
If you are by every day, your house is looking more like a Western home than the house of Rasulullah wasallam, then unfortunately you are very far from the Sunnah. And when you are very far from the Sunnah of Rasulullah how can you be close to Nabi wasallam? It is almost difficult or almost impossible to be close to Nabi wasallam. So we need to ask ourselves, are we with each and every coming day, are we coming closer to Rasulullah Remember, I just heard this morning that a boy probably, I think the, was about 15 or 16, somewhere there, he passed away. Earlier this morning again, a man who's about 50, I think, that uh, more Yusuf Salih is about in his 50s, I'm guessing, I'm not sure. He passed away. So one person who's young, one person who's old, nobody knew when will they time, nobody knows when will their time come. So we need to prepare ourselves. What Nabi Sassam teaches us in this respect, Al-Kayyisuman an intelligent person, a person, a wise person, that person who prepares himself for the hereafter. And how do we prepare ourselves? We get closer to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam each and every coming day. But anyway, I just digress there. But coming back to the topic of shukr, when a person adopts shukr, what will he get in return? Like in shakartum, that's there in his place, Allah SWT promises that Allah SWT will increase him in that bounty. But failure to adopt gratitude, to show gratitude to Allah SWT, then what happens? Then a shukr hafdul mawjood. Shukr protects a bounty that a person is enjoying. But if you are not showing gratitude, then Allah SWT takes away the ni'mah. And there are two ways in which Allah SWT takes away the bounty. One is Allah SWT will allow you to keep the ni'mah, the bounty. But you will not be able to benefit from the ni'mah. To understand this, look at a person who failed to do the tarbiyah, the upbringing, the Islamic upbringing of his children. Then later on, these children are not obedient to him. Allah Ta'ala didn't take that ni'mah away from him, the bounty of children, didn't take them away from him. But then he is deprived of the beauty of, in, of the enjoyment of actually having children. Because what is the enjoyment of having children? Is that they should be obedient to you, they should respect you as the father, as the parents. If you are not getting that, then you are so to say deprived of the bounty of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. That is one way that Allah allows you to keep the bounty, but you do not benefit from that bounty. And then the other way is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes the ni'mah completely away, strips a person completely of the ni'mah. Like it is mentioned of the people of Sabah, that they were enjoying so many bounties that the person literally had to walk through the gardens and he would just pick fruits, pluck fruits, whatever fruits, the choices of fruits, and fill it in his basket. But then they started complaining that, Ya Allah, everything is too close, everything is too easy, everything is too comfortable, we need to walk so that we can enjoy, you know, uh, the fruits of our labor, so to say. So Allah Ta'ala took away the bounty completely. So we should ask ourselves now that sometimes Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala has stripped us of a certain beauty. For example, lights, for example, in South Africa, apart from the maladministration. But how much gratitude do we actually show when those lights come back, when we do have lights, when we have pure drinking water? Was it that we are wasting those lights? Was it that we are wasting all those amenities that Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala has allowed us to enjoy? then now we should ask ourselves that why is it that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has deprived us of all these bounties? And then what do we need to do in order for us to really re-enjoy those bounties that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has taken away from us? In Surah Nuh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala explains that if you want favorable condition, that if you want favorable condition, then turn to Allah SWT in repentance. Then Allah SWT will once again bring about favorable conditions. And if still trying conditions still prevail, then we need to understand that this is Darul Imtihan. This is a place of trial and test Allah SWT promises in the Quran. 
لنبلونكم ولنبلونكم بشيء من الخوف والجوع ونقص من الاموال والانفس والثمرات الله سبحانه وتعالى says i will definitely test you and another is we look into the hadith of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam where nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam tells us that a dunya sijnul mu'min we are not here to enjoy a dunya sijnul mu'min that the dunya is a place of is a, is a prison for the believer wa jannatul kafir it is a jannah for the kafir they are enjoying let them enjoy but for us it is a place of trial and in another hadith rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam reiterates and he says that huffatin naru bishahawat that jahannam has been surrounded with all the things that you like and all the things that you will very much want to enjoy wa huffatil jannatu bil makarih and jannah has been surrounded has been fenced with all the things that you will not like all the things that go against the nafs to wake up in the morning at 4 o'clock to go perform salah is totally against the nafs it's totally against the self it's, it's, you find it difficult and that is the test that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has actually put us into so we need to understand that we are here for a trial and we will definitely be tested and amongst the other things that we need to show gratitude for Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala firstly instructs us that save yourself from the fire of Jahannam. The Sahaba radiyallahu ta'ala num turned told Nabi sallallahu that we understand saving ourselves from the fire of Jahannam we understand that we stay away from the prohibitions. But how do we save our children from the fire of Jahannam? Inshallah next time when we get the chance we'll actually speak on this. But once just to topic just to uh, finish off on this. One parents came to Sayyidina Umar radiyallahu ta'ala during his khilafat and he complained to him said my children are not obedient to me they are not listening to me so said now umar radiyallahu ta'ala listen to the incident of the father said is it possible for you to call the child over so that i can judge fairly between you and your son so the child was called and he came before said now umar radiyallahu ta'ala so he said state your case then he mentioned that he's not listening to me etc etc is disobedient to me so then the father the child was given a chance to speak and the son said Ya Amir al-Mu'minin may I ask one question Does a child have a right over the parents So Amir al-Mu'minin said now Umar radiyallahu anhu said yes they do have rights over the father over the parents So he asked what are those rights He says number one is you choose for him good parents Number two is you give him an Islamic upbringing And number three is you give him a good name So this child said to Amir al-Mu'minin Sayyidina Umar radiyallahu ta'ala that he has done none of the above. He didn't choose for me good parents. In other words, he didn't provide for me a conducive mahal, an Islamic home, a home where I can learn Islam, where Islam can prosper, where I can learn more about my deen. He didn't provide me with that. So we need to ask ourselves that our homes are those homes are our homes the same home that Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam says, "Wal yasaka baytuk." Your house should be sufficient for you. and that house that is sufficient for a person only be that house in which there is ta'lim there is learning and teaching all the, all the time there is the obedience of allah taala there is the quran being recited there is tila there, there is dhikr remembrance of allah subhanahu wa taala really because what will bring joy to a person when he comes home sayyidna hasan basri rahimahullah times up was asked with regards to a verse rabbana hab lana min azwajina dhurriyyatina qurrata a'yun that what does this entail what is the meaning of his verse and then he says that ma shay'un aqarr li'ayn al-mu'min min ay yara habibahu fi ta'ati Allah that there is nothing that will bring joy and coolness to the eye more than a person seeing his children in the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he comes home his wife is on the musalla he comes home his son is reading the quran comes home his daughter is on the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala some form of ibadah is taking place in at home then that home will become wal yasa'aka baytuk that house which nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam promises safety for 
that home will become that home which Sayyidina Umar radiallahu is talking about, wherein he says, give the child a good home. And then the third is to give your children good names, which is another common misconception, I don't know why, that people think that the more unique the name you give, the more perhaps popular you become. When Nabi Sassam tells us the best names is Abdullah and Abdurrahman, and then the names of the Anbiya and the names of the pious after that. And there can never be a shortage of name. There are many kitabs written on the lives of the Sahaba, and there are so many unique names. And to name your child after those Sahaba, you are not in any loss. Then rather than looking for names that are unique, sometimes some people ask, they phone in to ask for names, and they give unique names. You ask the person, what does this name mean? They say, I don't know, it just sounds nice. Now, is that the bunya, the basis for naming a child? No. It should be that you give them a good name, because on Yom Al-Qiyam will be called on the names that our fathers named us. So give the person a good name. May Allah SWT grant us tawfiq. Inshallah, we'll continue on this topic, the upbringing of children. Time's up. Make me laugh. It took a lot of time. Subhanallah.